and welcome to Thank You for Toilet Paper, a history of the little things, a podcast where we talk about a few things to be grateful for and the history and stories behind them. I'm your host, Elizabeth Miller. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's get going. My brother has been going mountain biking a lot this fall. The colors have been brilliant at home, and whenever I venture out with him, he is a most patient riding companion, especially because I like to go very slowly downhill. Uh, I prefer uphill to an extent I just feel much less likely to crash into trees. We've taken to bike riding around the neighborhood to decompress. I think this probably started in 2020, to be honest, as a way to get out of the house and get some exercise, but still maintain some uh, distancing. While I do enjoy bike riding, I've yet to master how to make it a good way to commute from work or school to home. In college, a friend asked me to ride a bike for him. Uh, home. Somehow he had two on campus. I'm not exactly sure how. And I attempted to mount the bike with my backpack on and immediately lost my fight to maintain balance to my backpack and toppled over. Almost looked like I was just slow motion hurdling the bike, basically. Needless to say, I was not helpful in getting his bike home, but I did try. Uh, One year during school, I took a work trip out to Google as well and noted the Google-colored bikes that were just lying around everywhere, free for anyone to pick up and ride to their next destination. In London, if you go to Hyde Park, as I'm sure is the case with many other parks around the world, you could rent bicycles all around London, to be honest, but Hyde Park was where I felt most comfortable pedaling along given my track record. Pedestrians move more slowly than cars and are easier to avoid, in my opinion. While these days electric scooters are taking over the bike share around the cities near me, bikes are still an incredible way to get around, once one masters riding a bike with a backpack. So, for the love of bikes, mountain biking, and exploring cities, let's take a moment to talk about bicycles. There is some contention around who invented the first bicycle, with some claiming that it belongs to an Italian apprentice of da Vinci, and others claiming that it belonged to a French inventor. But both claims have come over some scrutiny and are largely viewed with skepticism, so instead, we will start with a patented first bicycle. If we're talking about transportation on two wheels, that is, two wheels like in line with one another, then the first forerunner of a bicycle belongs to Germany, and German inventor Baron Karl von Dreyes, who was a servant of the Grand Duke of Baden in Germany in 1817. The first invention was called the Dreysine, or the Velocipede. It was nicknamed the Hobby Horse or the Dandy Horse as well. Andreas patented it in 1818. This vehicle consisted of two wheels, a seat, and the rider propelled themselves by foot. There is some evidence that the impetus for Dreyas' decision to invent an alternative to horse travel was the year without a summer in 1816, which resulted in huge crop losses and deaths and starvations of many horses as a result. In 1817, Dreyas is reported to have had his first ride on his Dreyasine, which took him on a journey of 8 miles or 13 kilometers in less than half an hour from Mannheim. His invention was made mostly of wood and weighed about 22 kilos or 48 pounds. It did not have pedals and required a lot of balance. Thousands were sold in Europe and North America, but over time popularity faded mostly because of many of the accidents, which led to some cities restricting the use of the Dreyzine. The Dreyzine was also nicknamed the Swift Walker. A London resident by the name of Dennis Johnson, who was a cartwright, said that he'd make an improved version of the Dreyzine in 1818. Johnson gave his own invention nicknames like the Velocipede and the pedestrian Curricle. But the public called it the hobby horse, and also the dandy horse. Johnson's design was a bit different from Dre's, 
One point being that Dreyas had a straight body to his invention, and Johnson's had a little bit of a curve like an S, which allowed for bigger wheels without raising the seat of the cyclist. In the summer of 1819, due to Johnson's marketing, the hobby horse became all the rage. In the 1820s through the 1850s, we started to see more innovation in the world of bicycles. But with things like tricycles and quadricycles coming onto the scene having three or four wheels. These versions also included trails and stepped away from the rider needing to simply balance themselves. These versions were still tricky to move on smoothly and were very heavy. Willard Sawyer from Dover made and sold quadricycles with treaded wheels, which became a success in the 1850s. In the 1830s in Scotland, we get the purported first mechanically moved bicycle using pedals. This was made in 1839 by Kirkpatrick Macmillan, a blacksmith. There's also some folklore, if you will, around Macmillan's invention. The story goes that he was also given one of the first fines for a bicycling accident. According to an 1842 Glasgow newspaper, a gentleman riding a bike with a clever design was fined five shillings for knocking over a pedestrian. There's really no evidence tying Macmillan to this story, though. The oldest bike in existence today is found in Scotland. Thomas McCall is credited as the first producer of a rod-driven two-wheel treadle bike in 1869, also from Scotland. McCall's design was inspired by French designs. The first pedal-cranked bike came out in 1853. The inventor, Philip Moritz Fisher, had been using a draisine since he was nine and eventually improved upon the predecessor of the bicycle. Fischer went back home to Schweinfurt, Germany after moving from London when his first son died young. He made his invention but didn't make it public in 1853 and called it the Trettkörbe Farad. There is one from 1853 still on display in a Schweinfurt museum. If we're talking about the first broadly successful and manufactured bicycle design, then we look to France and the Velocipede, or the Bone Shaker as it was nicknamed, and it was first made in 1863. This French design was easier to maneuver than Macmillan's design. One could pedal faster, but this created some balance issues, which led to the development of a larger front wheel, as well as the penny-farthing bicycle. I also kept accidentally reading Velocipede as, like, Velociraptor to myself while researching, but it is not a dinosaur, so in case you were confused like me. Oh, man. In 1864, a Frenchman, we're not sure who, it could have been Ernest Michaud, Pierre Lallemand, or Alexander Lefebvre. Various sources disagree, but whoever it was, they put the pedal working system to the front wheel, starting a bit of a renaissance and a craze in the newly redesigned machines that lasted the 1860s through the 1870s. This was the first pedal bicycle with pedals attached to the front wheel. Lallemand was the first to file a patent for his invention in the United States, and also the only one. Michaud partnered with the Olivier brothers in Paris to make the first mass production of his version of a pedaled bicycle. The Velocipede was incredibly popular in North America as well, even in rural areas. The craze in Paris, however, died down with the Franco-Prussian War of 1870. By about this time as well, the Velocipede craze ended in the United States. Some scholars suggest that the reason for the failure in the U.S. was because of the state of the roads in the United States at the time. They just weren't made for bicycles, and truly, Bone Shaker was a very accurate nickname given the state of the roads. It just sounded painful. Popularity held on in the UK, however. Next on the bicycle parade, we come to the high bicycle. This is the one with the enormous front wheel and a rather tiny back wheel. The front wheel was only about as large as the length of the rider's leg would allow, but the idea was that the larger front wheel would let one go faster. 
A Frenchman by the name of Eugene Meyer is credited with this invention, beginning with his invention of the wire-spoke tension wheel in 1869, and then his production of the high bicycle in the 1880s. In England, James Starley is considered the father of the British cycling industry, with one of his famous bikes being called the Ariel, which included a step to mount the bike and tangent spokes. This bike was later called the Penny Farthing. This nickname referred to the two wheels, the larger wheel, the penny, and the smaller wheel, the farthing. So like a larger piece of coin and a smaller coin. This bike, however, had a few problems and it was pretty unsafe. The cycling industry flourished alongside the sewing industry in some ways because of the metalworking and engineer talents that were already there from sewing. In the United States, people started importing bicycles, and Albert Augustus Pope started buying up patents for bicycles, taking many people to court along the way. Pope went in big on advertising, too. In 1898, 10% of periodicals in the United States belonged to advertisements for bicycle makers. Pope also promoted the Good Roads movement and litigated for cyclists. Many of the systems Pope used to mass-produce bicycles were later copied by Ford and General Motors. Until the 1890s, bicycling was a pastime that was dominated by mostly the urban wealthy class and men. Bicycling changed with the introduction of the safety bicycle, making it accessible for children and women as well. The first successful safety bike was called the Rover and was produced in 1885. The addition of chain-driven bicycles greatly helped in the movement towards safer bikes. John Dunlop also invented a pneumatic bike tire that made the riding a smoother experience in 1888. The next year in the United States, African-American inventor Isaac R. Johnson patented a folding bicycle in 1889. He also claims the first example we know of of a diamond frame that we still use today. Around this same time, chain-driven designs improved and also moved the driving force to the back wheel to allow for a better ride. Prior to this, the driving force, like those pedals, was on the same wheel that was used to steer, making pedaling and like turning at the same time rather difficult. The first example of an electric bike we have goes all the way back to 1897 and comes from Jose W. Libby. In the 1890s, women had a design specifically made for them, one that allowed them to step through to mount the bike, giving them room for their large skirts at the time. Over time, the lady style of bike fell out of style by about the 20th century, but it was still popular in the Netherlands and was nicknamed Grandma's Bike. But like in Dutch... Bikes continued to be popular in Europe, but the popularity declined in the United States from 1900 to 1910 due to the rising popularity of cars. Until by about 1940, bikes were considered more playthings for children. But in Europe, it continued to be a popular adult activity and means of transportation, racing, and so on, even after World War II. Bikes were used in World War II on both sides of the war, with as many as 41 bike companies. They were also used by Japan in the Second Sino-Japanese War, with Japan using about 50,000 bike troops. In China, the popular bicycle that got a bicycling craze going was called the Flying Pigeon. It was so important that in the 1970s, it was a symbol of prosperity for each home to have a flying pigeon, and it came with a long wait list. In the United States in the 50s, there were two types of bikes that were most popular a heavy-weighted cruiser, and a lighter bike, both used for hobby cyclists, with many gears and whistles, including headlights, speedometers, bells, and so on. In the United States, the biking industry boomed in the 1970s as people became more active and conscious of both their need for exercise and the needs of the environment. Here, we began to find 10-speed bikes imitating European bikes. In 
In the 1970s in the United States, we also started to get BMX bikes that were made in California as teenagers tried to imitate their motocross heroes. In the 80s, we began to see the development and use of mountain bikes, with the first mountain bike being produced in 1981. Since then, there have been many more innovations in the world of bikes, with hybrid bikes as well, between something of a like commuter bike and a mountain bike, and cycling has again become a very popular activity as well as commuting option. So for leisurely bike rides around the neighborhood, from that to commuting to work to exploring the trails up in the mountains and definitely not running into trees, and for many more reasons, I am very grateful for bicycles. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a marvelous day. Take care.